Hello, everyone, and welcome to Middle of the Row, the podcast. Today, for our 105th episode, we are looking at the 1999 American biographical drama film, October Sky. This film stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Chris Cooper, and Laura Dern, and is directed by Joe Johnson, who I actually, I feel like I know that name, but I don't know what else he has done. It might just because they're very like generic names mashed together yeah come on white people (laughs) no apparently so honey i shrunk the kids jumanji jurassic park 3 the rocketeer captain america the first avenger did he did he do captain america oh crazy yeah so uh, one thing that's interesting about joe johnson is he i guess he's got his a knack for period films such as the rocketeer and captain america the first avenger and of which yeah, the Wolfman. Well, that also explains <laughs> like the the beginning of Jumanji is actually done really well. Like that. Yeah, that is... the whole part of Jumanji is done very well. The whole. Well, yeah, but it's like the the it does. It, what year is it? But it does kind of feel like a period piece in the beginning, like when it's when else Ellen is younger. Like it works very well. Oh, for sure. No, definitely. And so I think um, it's just it's just really interesting because um. This is very much a period piece and takes us back to nineteen, the late 1950s, 1960s. Uh, it says May 13th, um, 1950. Nope, that's about Joe Johnson. He was, Never he mind. Was, uh, he was inspired, but it was uh, 1957 is when he yeah. sees Sputnik. And this is the true story of Homer Hickman, or based on the true story of Homer Hickman Jr., um, an eventual NASA engineer. It's based off his book, um, which I believe was actually originally called Rocket Boys, mm-hmm. and then was changed to October Sky, which is an anagram of Rocket Boys. And I think it was because like the it wouldn't appeal to like women. I guess that was the like that was why they couldn't use that title. It was it was something silly like that. Yeah, like I read it and it was just like, you know, Rocket Boys just wouldn't play well with audiences, but like October Sky sells a movie. I mean, I think I would have been as a child, at least I would have been like rockets. (laughs) Well, I think I think also I think the nostalgia factor for the older generation who might remember, apparently, when Sputnik was first launched, it was described over the radio as crossing the October Sky. So it, it plays on on two um on two planes but so this was my choice actually and i guess i don't know it it feels like one of those inspirational edu- like education related films that i watched multiple times growing up specifically within a school context and it just it has a very heartwarming tone to it i think the idea of this individual who is inspired by an expanding world and an expanding society and is looking for something beyond his rural coal mining town, which 
is fairly deterministic in the way that pretty much everyone thinks if you're a guy, you're probably just going to work for the coal mine. And he's looking for something a little bit more. And I love the way in which the education aspect ties into that and how his non-traditional um, educational background. And it's a, it, the movie kind of goes out of its way to say that he wasn't really the smartest of kids, but he kind of, because of all his passion for the subject, learned as much as he could. And there's a great, there's a great part of the movie later on that kind of just shows that to him uh, showing off the mathematical prowess that he's gained. So yeah, I just, I... Well, we're full spoilers here, right? Yeah. Because it's a flashback, yeah. Um, and a true story. And a true story, too, yeah. <laughs> or b- based on a true story. Apparently, there are some things that have been dramatized. The added aspect of the the familial tensions between him and his father and just the expectations of his family and the town and everything, it's just, it, it makes for a great kind of underdog story. And especially for a time in which I know nothing about and have no experience with in a time of which my parents would have grown up in, um, even if it was in a different country, it was, it was great to kind of just get a sense of what life was like back in yeah, that time. Yeah, too bad our, our elder member of the podcast is not here today. He could have told us all about growing up in the 50s. <laughs> Zach's old, everyone. He's not that old. It's in but his he- name. He he thinks it's he's old. Um, he is. I don't think he bird. thinks he's old. I just always say he's old. I think I think he has an inflated sense of how old he is, even though he's like what three or four years older than us. He's a oh bit of God. a curmudgeon or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah. Now in retrospect, I will say the the movie didn't feel as fluid as it used to, and for better or for worse, I'm not sure. Like it doesn't; it's not as streamlined as, say, a movie like Remember the Titans, which maybe is streamlined to a fault. But it is still; it still has all those aspects of like an underdog, like nostalgic based like film, and I really, I really like it. There are some different parts that make me go, huh? Or I mean, at the end of the day, it's a movie about a thief who idolizes a Nazi. So, things aren't great. <laughs> also, when Zach sent that text, I, apparently I guess Zach has never seen this movie, and so he was seeing it for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and so that led us to the wonderful text that we all got kind of randomly. Are Laura Dern and Jake Gyllenhaal ever going to fuck? Which uh, <laughs> is uh, more or less what he said. Um, and it's definitely like this weird undertone where it's just like... And it's an undertone, yeah. I gotta be honest, not comfortable with. Like, really yeah. not. <laughs> you guys are weird. Like, <laughs> she's his teacher! They weren't in a relationship. There's nothing to freak out about. Yeah, but there were eyes being made. I wish, yeah, like... Yeah, this I, is like, coming from boys. <laughs> No, but in all honesty, we could probably YouTube, like, (laughs) October Sky awkward moments, and it would, we would probably have... A video compiled um, by John. Or or just them, like, fucking up with the rockets, like, blowing shit up. That could be awkward. I don't know. Laura and Jake. No, Um, it would just be a video every time he talked about how great uh, Warner Von Braun was. (laughs) It's like, you know, he idolizes a Nazi. It's like, it makes his dad look not so bad in comparison. Actually, I felt bad for his dad in this movie. It's like, he's not a villain. Nor is this girl who was, like, dating other people. This movie's stupid. 
I don't think it makes her out. Well, to no, be I don't think the whole movie's stupid. I just think that aspect was stupid. Going into that, um, Lauren, yeah, Lauren, elaborate. How else did you? What else did you think of the movie? I mean, it was a very simple, predictable story that was enjoyable to watch, but it's not one that it's going to be like something I repeatedly rewatch because just like yeah, it's a nice little movie, but nothing special to it. I did not find any sexual tension between Jake Gyllenhaal and Laura Dern. Um, Check your eyes. What? I have special eyes. (laughs) My brand. Whatever that commercial is. What are you referring to? There's a commercial where the guy's just like, my brand. I have special eyes or something. It's about like getting contacts in the mail, I think. But, But back to this. Yeah, like I spent the whole movie just thinking like just thinking of all the things Warner Ron Braun did that were awful and just the whole movie I was also just saying um I don't want your life to myself over and over again because of uh, varsity <laughs> blues <laughs> yeah good nothing special probably won't watch it again but I do love me some Jake Gyllenhaal in a non-sexual way because he's 17 in this movie, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now he's fair game. <laughs> wait, wait, isn't he married now? He might. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I don't remember what it was. It might have been like watching Prince of Persia or something, but I said something about Jake Gyllenhaal being cute or something. And so for the longest time, Kyle hated him just because of that. It's like, if you're going to stop watching movies for every guy I think is attractive, there's going to be no movies to watch. Oh, it doesn't look like he's married. You've got a shot, Lauren. You've got this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I'll just stick with what I've got. It's pretty special. I can't believe I never like went further into looking up like the history of Warner Von Braun. <laughs> well, you know, just think about the atrocities about the concentration camps and how, like, according to him, he was—he's one of those people who says that you know he was just someone put in a role and overwhelmed by a situation that he could not change. Other people tell it differently, so it's just whoever you want to believe. Should I give my overall impression? Mm-hmm. No, I think we're done. Fucking <laughs> um, <laughs> John. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Ben. Surprise. Uh, my overall impression at first, I was like, I thought it was all right. It was fine. Like Lauren, it's like you know, nothing special, but you know, passable film. That was like two or three weeks ago. Is that right? When we first watched this, or when we were like the original recording was scheduled, and I've already kind of forgotten. <laughs> the vast yeah. majority of it like i don't remember most of this movie it's like yes jake gyllenhaal's in it which i remember being kind of disappointed like this might be the worst role i've seen him in well i mean it is his first big role <laughs> yeah and it's like he's not terrible but it's also like my boy what you know <laughs> my favorite actor alive and it's like come on man i did like laura dern aside from the you guys are Subtle. so weird. <laughs> How is this, like, like in all honesty, like, I can't believe I didn't realize it. I can't believe it took a fucking text from Zach for me to realize, like, all the awkward, like, oh, I don't know, well, maybe I, it I played off, that, like, like, when I was younger. It's just like, oh, he's got, like, a, like, 
a schoolboy crush on his like science. Yeah, if anything, it's like weird on his part because he keeps showing up everywhere. Like she didn't invite him to his house or her house. She didn't invite him to the hospital to check in on her. Yeah, but um, at the same time, I think like like teacher student dynamics in the fifties in rural like America are way. No, not <laughs> I didn't say it that way, but like, but yes, they were sexual, and so like, <laughs> homie was homie was trying to launch his own rocket. That was, that was good, John. I'll give you that. Thank one. you, thank you. I mean, <laughs> I'm here every Wednesday most of the time. Gross. I don't know. Like this movie, just really kind of. If it faded from my memory that quickly, that's probably not a good sign. Um, I will say the the one thing I remember is you know like they named the rocket after the teacher which i already don't remember her name not also not a good sign it also wasn't true uh miss riley was her name but when they when they post or they showed like the you know where what happened to everybody after and she died when she was like 28 or something that hit me pretty hard like i actually teared up on that i was just like fuck yeah that was a bummer it was like his dad died of black lung it's like oh it was one of those like i mean he did he did what he wanted to you know to the to the grave which is unfortunate you know it's like are all coal mines that accident prone like there was so much of this movie that was just bad things happening at the mine <laughs> yeah well, maybe his dad was really shitty at running it. Who I was going to say, it's like, no wonder it got <laughs> shut down eventually. Like, <laughs> I wish, like, it was one of these movies, like, I wanted to really like, but it just, it felt so, and I, I mean, not to belittle this guy's life, because I'm sure, it, like, it, he did a lot of important things, and it's like, it is, you know, his life story, but I mean... Maybe it could have used more dramatization. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, it felt like so much of the plot was like something happens, but then it's very quickly rectified. Like there wasn't a lot of conflict that didn't immediately get overcome. Like, oh, someone stole this thing from his project. Well, good thing he has this whole town behind him. They can make him a new one and send it to him in the morning. It's like, oh, no, he can't. You know, they all can't go. Well, Jake Gyllenhaal will go. Well, I mean, there was no like, well, who should go? It was just. It's like, how about you send? Well, I mean, I guess they all did get. Um, scholarships eventually, so it yeah. But matter. I would have said, I would have said like Quentin. I mean, I hate, yeah, yeah, because it's like I mean, he obviously knows the most about this shit. I don't know. He sold it pretty well when he was talking to everyone at the thing. But yeah, it was like true. I kind of felt bad that there wasn't even like a pause between uh, Homer or anyone about maybe Quentin going, especially just knowing the background he comes from. It's like he really deserves this, and, and if and only one person cool. gets a scholarship. Well, I mean, I don't know if you yeah, could say even, one deserves it over the other, but it's like still, seen, it's like and even scene where he's like Quentin, you should go, and he's like, Nah, man, you go. Like just that little bit would have made it so much better, you know. But so I much think more that's also, I, I think that's also one of the things that was like dramatized. Speaking of random trivia, while you're looking that up, I was reading <laughs> that Jake Gyllenhaal is actually distantly related to Werner Rombrand. Whoa! Like, oh, that's funny. Too. I feel like I would have hidden that fact. <laughs> I will. I will say sorry to maybe that's back why up he was to one cast. thing. That you, maybe to one thing that you were saying, Ben. It like his his accent was at times like border, like it was borderline comical. I mean, yeah, everyone's like accent seemed, was. Yeah, but his especially seemed like 
more superficial than the rest. And I don't know. I felt bit. like the, the whole group of the younger guys, like when they first all started talking, I was like, oh, brother, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how, how do we feel about this? Because, again, there's there's a great like coming of age element, like a group of best friends, like stand by me-ish kind of element to this with the group of guys. Well, again, Homer is such a jerk. He brings up how his like friend's dad died brutally in front of us. Yeah, that's yeah. that was a bit of a low blow. Like Yeah. As opposed to how his dad died. That was a very high blow to the neck. <laughs> if if anyone wanted like irrefutable evidence that Lauren is the biggest bitch on the planet <laughs> she just made a decapitation joke. <laughs> um <laughs> We're not much better. We're laughing at <laughs> You made a red rocket joke. Yeah, I mean, not a red rocket joke, just a, you know, phallic reference to rockets in general. Well, red rocket well, is what you call it when it's a dog. <laughs> I don't even know what a red rocket is. You don't want to know. You really you It's really okay. what happens when a male dog gets excited. <laughs> okay, gotcha. The lipstick comes out. Oh, no, I don't need the visual, <laughs> Lord. Jesus. Oh, the the bone sound? Um, all thrusters at the ready. Yep. <laughs> the the caption the title of this episode should be like we are super mature adults for wrapped over sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how many of you guys have seen this before. Uh, I saw it back when it originally came out. This was my my first viewing of it. Yeah. So I'm curious how you guys thought the whole like friend dynamic. How did it compare to other maybe archetypical? Um, or archetypal excuse me like portrayals of like brotherhood or like just kind of like bros or whatever i think that it felt really rushed and it felt pretty like generic not terrible but just kind of like you know i've seen this in you know so many other movies i mean yeah i feel like you could say that about all of the movie Like every aspect. Yeah, and that's I mean, like as soon as his friend, as soon as that guy got in trouble for helping him out and went down to the mines, like he's gonna die. Agree with a lot of what you guys are saying, and especially just like that. One of that was one of the most endearing parts that made me like when I saw it in our list. I was like, oh, I want to go back and rewatch this because I remember enjoying that kind of closeness or come like that idea of camaraderie that they that portrayal of camaraderie that they had. But in retrospect, even like. Movies like The Sandlot, in which we don't really see a lot of, like, backstory to any of the characters, but we just, we see a lot more of them hanging out and showing their personality, Mm -hmm. and it's a little bit less, like, stereotypes, or, like, Stand By Me. Like, it, there's just, there's definitely more genuine expressions of um, male friendship and camaraderie in other films, and this one feels like a shadow impersonation of all of those films. Yeah, I just feel like... As I was watching this, I was always more drawn to uh, like Chris Cooper's character and um, what was his uh, Natalie Cannery, who plays or Canary. I don't know how you pronounce her last name, but she plays the wife. It's like I found them more interesting than the boys a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah I think, and I think the dynamic between the two of them. Although, I I do think it's kind of bullshit where it's just like. I will leave you if you don't like totally back down on your company's policies. She didn't just, mean like, it. That's why he smiled afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I sure hope so. There was something super 
that was almost a stereotype in and of itself to the relationship between Chris Cooper and Jake Gyllenhaal. But the way in which it's played off, it's, it's just really, it's still very poignant and very powerful. And I think Chris Cooper does give like shades of, well, part of him is just, again, he's been working so hard and stability is something that's hard to come by in this community. So he just wants whatever semblance of it he can for yeah, and like, the role he's given is a very antagonistic one, but it never felt that way to me. Like, he didn't feel like a villain. It's like they thought the movie needed a bad guy. It's like, it could have like just he, been but, like... Well, yeah, but I mean, I just appreciate he was very... It was just a very human relationship, and I found him very understandable. I didn't think he was a bad guy or anything. Just wanted what was best for his son, and he didn't understand rocketry and all that stuff. You don't see a future in that, so maybe he won't be the most supportive of that like yeah, aspiration. But, I mean, he, he could have been like a little bit I'm, more, that, but that's like what I'm saying. It's like the, it, it was like the, the film needed a villain, but I, yeah. it acted like it did, but did it really? I think they could have played the dad in a more straight role where it's like, it's like he genuinely is, you know, doing what he believes is right for his son. When know? he does show up at the final rocket launch, I didn't get misty or anything, but it still did hit me like, oh, he's here. The moment the moment I think I appreciated him the most was when they were leaving the police station and his friend was like, yeah. his dad was like kicking the shit out of him. And then he's just like, dude, I will like beat the ever loving shit out of you. And that was that was great. It's like, you know, and he's then- standing up for this kid. And, and you're then like, he and gets in the car and he's like, you remember your dad that died? He was a great dude. Let's, like, let's just rub it in how great of a guy your dead dad was. Like father, like son, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. I didn't even think about it like that. So did nothing about the evolution or realization of Chris Cooper's character being like a more, I don't know, understandable, sympathetic character. Did none of that felt contrite to you guys or um or like stereotypical at all i mean i think i feel like it would have felt more stereotypical had he been like even more combative with everything like it felt like it was underplayed in a sense but i don't know like i mean so many of these roles are like feel feel very stereotypical because from moment one you know what's going to happen in this movie yeah and it feels it feels like the movie is doing like Every time it ha- it could make a choice and do something a little more like meaningful, it decides to play it safe and stick with like the, you know, generic coming of age biopic kind of story. And I'm not saying story decisions. I'm saying like the way it's framed with certain characters and the way it's presented. Um, Sorry, I was just in my mind thinking about a random thing I had written in my notes. <laughs> it's just about uh, I wish I could, I could find his name. But the, not the Russian dude, but the second guy who helped them build the rockets. First of all, why didn't he get in trouble? Anyway, but it's like at one moment, he's like, when that rocket was coming at me, I like I flashed back to the war or something. It says it so, like, happily. It's like, yeah, it's like, did you, this is the most receptive, did you like, the like, fondness for PTSD I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Put me back in! Put me back in! <laughs> well, I feel like there's probably, compared to being... There, there's probably so much more excitement and like camaraderie with being in being a fighter pilot compared to actually just working in a metal shop like 
yeah, it's maybe more stable. Oh, that's true. Probably... He was he was also flying a plane, so I guess that's kind of like it's that exhilarating feeling of what did they say? Being I feel like air. I read somewhere that um, what are they called? It was a real group of African American soldiers who flew planes. Uh, the Red something. Uh, oh, the, the Red Tails. Yeah, Red Tails. Oh, well, yeah. I, I feel like I read somewhere tails. that that's I couldn't remember in the movie if he said it or not, but if that's based on true facts it's like i want to follow this dude he seems like a great guy let's call oh, yeah, his maybe, story maybe he is one of them you know i feel like i read that in the trivia but i could be wrong uh what were some of your favorite like funny moments and i, I, I didn't legit. write them down i'm trying to think off the top of my head i really can't remember <laughs> uh <laughs> it did make me laugh when uh the speaking of the fun times it's like we had a montage or not necessarily a montage of them having fun but all the rockets exploding but um, it's like when they get in trouble for causing a forest fire, which, you know, obviously didn't happen, but um, or wasn't their fault. But he's like uh, Homer is just like, let's go have some fun for a change. And it felt like such a weird line because it's like, no, we just watched like an hour of you guys having so much fun. It just felt it threw me out of the movie for a second. Oh, that reminds me, actually, Lauren, I was wondering if you could talk about like sort of your qualms with like sort of the, the romantic through line in this movie oh as well. it was just like i mean they were setting up this dynamic with i mean there was no reason to have these two female characters in the first place because they didn't really have any impact on the story it just kind of felt like they were thrown in there just to be like i don't know have some comedic bits between him and his friends but it's like she they kept making a point of her dating different football players but like being nice to him and so then at the end when he walks when she comes up and is just being very nice to him is like oh this is all great that you're in the paper and all this stuff's happened i'm very like happy for you that with you won the science fair and all this stuff and like or she comes up to talk to him and he's just like excuse me and walks past her and goes talk to the other girl yeah, and it's, it's just like, like this wonder it's a really random moment that makes it like villainizes that girl for yeah. not dating him it's like when did when when did we have like the the 10 things i hate about you rom-com thing like i just like did i miss all of that or but it's like yeah, i they're... guess because she dated his brother she's a like a bitch <laughs> it's, it was just i, I don't mean, know it didn't obviously. sit well with me and i didn't obviously. like the other girl was not there was no substance to her character whatsoever either so it's like why even have this well her substance was oh my god jake gyllenhaal is so cute which to be fair isn't that like a lot of people's opinion i mean a little bit mine i guess i read that apparently quentin was actually i don't remember from the <laughs> from the uh footage of them at the end of the movie but like one of the trivia things was like quentin was actually a handsome boy but because jake gyllenhaal was cast we like went with this dude who's super nerdy looking it's like aw, <laughs> like poor dude i think there there is a there is kind of this aspect of like male entitlement or like like inherent misogyny that's deeply problematic but i think it was the idea that it seemed like not that like she dated all these people it, it wasn't like the I mean, fact she that dated she dated all these guys over the curse, course yeah. of a school year like <laughs> yeah but like it maybe it seemed like she was only going who seemed like the most popular or the most um i don't know i mean it's a small town there are only so many options yeah, it just, it seemed, and, and I don't know, like, again, maybe maybe this is unfair to the character, but again, like you said, Lauren, she's pretty inconsequential. It, like, it seemed like she was almost, um, 
what's the word I'm looking opportunistic with it. So once Jake Gyllenhaal became anything more than just like that nice boy in class, then it was like, oh, but she'd been he's... nice to him throughout the entire movie. Yeah, it wasn't like she ignored yeah. him and then was like, oh, hi. It was like she was friendly and she was continuing to be friendly. No, that's fair. That's that's totally fair. And if she was opportunistic or just thinking about the po- most popular guy in school or something, she would have stayed with the quarterback who was the first guy she was dating through the whole movie. Wouldn't have downgraded to his brother. Well, her his brother, though, was getting recruited by the big schools. Yeah, that's true. Either way, yeah, it, it definitely, like, there there's this, there's also... It's kind of indicative of, though, this this tone that's also maybe problematic and kind of unfair of, like, pitting, like, jocks or bronze or brawn versus nerds and brain. And this idea that, like, um, he's rejecting, like, the more popular, like, uh, traditionally pretty, like, cheerleader type girl from his school for, like, the girl who's a little bit more, like, introverted and wallflowery and just maybe a bit more nerdy herself you got way more from a character that had one line than i did (laughs) fair enough fair enough and i and i it's interesting that yeah there's just also that one random scene where they're like under the bridge together gonna make out or whatever it's like what is this it just seemed like such a weird subplot of his yeah there's a lot of gazing at each other and no actual action I mean, like, this is the 50s. They slept in separate beds as married people. We've seen Pleasantville. We know what's up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you can't say there isn't sexual tension in this movie. Just, <laughs> it feels like it's the source of everything. All the frustration. Should have taken it the way Riverdale did, is what you're saying. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> that, there, there's a limit. There's only so much boning that I th- I can tolerate. On that note, like, is there anything else? <laughs> like, I don't know what... I honestly don't know what else to say at okay, all. Okay, like, what was I, the moment... Uh, speaking, Just speaking of Laura Dern's character, why was she mad at him in the middle of it? It seemed... That seemed... See, like, these are the little moments of conflict that, like, didn't need to exist for me. They made no sense. Like, when Homer... He was leaving school to go in the mines because he has to support his family and she like ignores him as he tries to talk to her in the hallways it's like i don't it felt like just like a very untruthful moment for that character because she's been nothing but supportive this entire time i feel like she would understand why he's doing what he has to do it's not like he is excited to go work in the mines he's not like wanting to give up on his education no i think this is 100 percent true i think for so often, though, as a teacher and an educator, you might you might start to see your students as almost an extension or like a redo for yourself. And so the ways in which like you feel like maybe you had to be practical or pragmatic and wish you could have like stepped out of your comfort zone and like took in a risk. You almost want that for them because you're more focused on how it will pay off for them, not necessarily the actual risk of it right mm-hmm. and so i think for her it was a frustration that no he's so close to the realization of his dream and and now he's he's truly giving up on it yeah and then she explains it later she's like i have hodgkin's disease cough cough like i just wanted to see you do so well it was like such a it just made me laugh because it like the scene started out like she was guilt tripping him but then it turned out in just a nice conversation about like her explaining herself and 
why or just the hope she had for him and all that stuff so it's like i don't know i guess like the reason i just combative about you guys saying there was sexual tension between them was just because i loved her character so much and just how supportive she was oh no it's oh, great she and was, especially she was a great lady for sure but it like i mean doesn't In mean bed. she had eyes for jake gyllenhaal <laughs> That just has to do with movies, guys. Everyone is always uncomfortably uncomfortably close to each other in conversations. <laughs> Besides, he was probably feeling it because he's he's like, "This is the dinosaur lady. I love her so much." I need to watch Jurassic Park again. It's interesting in terms of sort of I don't know in in a lot of ways like some of these characters can't these educational inspirational characters Lauren can feel stereotypical and just kind of. I need to find a different word for stereotypical. Just like they play off just roles that we've seen. Cliche. Like cliche, like over and over again. But her tropes, yeah, perfect. But hers does feel really genuine and really warm and really, I don't know. Again, that's probably one of the reasons I was like also drawn to it is because like you said, her character is just so GD inspirational and warm and loving and it's great. I mean, it's And I did love how many times she told the principal to shut up and let Homer speak. (laughs) Yeah, that line where she's basically like, I care about my students and that's what I'm going to do. And it's kind of like, I forget the exact exact dialogue, but like she had that moment where she stood with the principal. It's like, I'm doing what's best for my students. I don't care what you say. And it was kind of like, hell yeah. Good job, Laura Dern. Mm -hmm. Man, to a... To be able to have the clout to be able to do that in today's educational climate. Whew. <laughs> Kids suck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, is there anything else that people want to talk about? There's like we've talked about funny parts, we've talked about things that we didn't like, we talked about the things that we like. We talked about all the sexual tension. <laughs> all of it. So much. <laughs> Next week, we will be reviewing the and talking about the 2009 release, Trick or Treat. It was a choice by Ben. Uh, gearing up for spooky season. Um, this is like an anthology Halloween film that kind of had a cult following after the limited release it had. Um, so yeah, stay tuned to hear about our thoughts about this film. And I gotta say, I'm super excited to talk about it with you guys. (laughs) Yes, I have no idea what you guys will say about it. I too am bursting at the (laughs) seams to talk about this film. (laughs) I'm Zach. I mean, wait, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) We knew it. Your dreams. Oh, my wait, hold God. on. Hold on. Let me see if I can do it, though. Hold Don't on. D- <laughs> I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can follow me wherever at. No, I can't do it. You have to talk like you're enough. reading something, so you take pauses between each thing. Zach Oldenburg is the man in charge, but he's not here because he's feeling unwell, so give him some positive vibes, although. He'll probably be feeling better by the time you hear this. Yeah, I wish um, he would be sure here so. because he's the one who I think. Like this movie the least, probably. I would have well, loved probably, to have heard what he had to say about it. I think yep. I'm probably about the same at this point. I think I would give it a, a three out of five, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm about like, the same. I didn't hate my time watching it. <laughs> like, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it definitely. Simple. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. But like, I, 
I I'm probably not due for another rewatch for another ten years. Zach Oldenburg is our fearless leader. You can follow him online, Letterbox and Twitter at Zach Oldenburg, and you can also follow us at middleofroad.com. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at the Grigsby Bear. Man, branching out even further. Hell yeah. Oh, you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J. Follow us on Twitter as well at Middle of Row. Hashtag know the. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find us. Oh, God damn it. I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleofroad.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go and watch Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. <laughs> and remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road.